0: What are the things that have been tried? At the rescue mission, what, 115 years old, something like that?
1: 119.
0: 119. That That's a long time and generations worth of knowledge about uh, helping people. We really want to share that.
2: Thank you for tuning in to the Rescue Mission podcast. My name is Jay. I'm the social media and communications coordinator. I've got here with me Pastor Matt Haberman, Director of Spiritual Care, and Blake Douglas, Senior Director of Marketing and Events. Hey. Hello. So today is our initial podcast. We're discussing why we are starting a podcast. Matt's kind of the visionary behind this. And so, Matt, I'm going to let you share a little bit of the backstory behind how this got started.
0: The initial conception of this whole thing was the idea that felt this is a great medium to be able to communicate some stuff. And immediately it was like, well, this could be for our staff. This could be um, some some really useful airtime, if you will, that we could put some shows together that would be really relevant to, to all of the stuff we do here at the rescue mission. And and that it, that uh, rolled right into thinking, well, maybe other people want to hear that too. Maybe there's uh, not just people who are part of the, the fabric of what's going on here in Fort Wayne. We have a, a lot of people who might hear this would, would know that we have a pretty robust an involved nonprofit community in, in Fort Wayne and businesses uh, and ministries working together and and all those sorts of things, and so there are a lot of people who are involved in in doing what we do, and if we could be a blessing to that, if we could take what is what is helpful for us here at the Rescue Mission and uh, and expand the scope of that a little bit, uh, and then we got really then we got really ambitious and thought you know. Maybe possibly outside of Fort Wayne, there are some people who would would latch on and and glean a lot from this. And so at that point, we figured we probably ought to we probably ought to make it relevant and informed enough so that it's going to be worth it for a lot of people to listen to it. So our hope is that you're not just going to listen to some people rambling. You're not going to listen to fluff. And you're not going to listen to stuff that's that's going to be so jargony or so focused on the rescue mission that it's not going to be of use to you. So we're hoping we're hoping to reach, you know.
1: And honestly, we, no one's doing this. Right. We, we looked around yeah. and, and didn't really see Seems like any that. podcast out there that was handling the topics that we felt would be relevant to those we serve, but also the community as a whole related to homelessness, near homelessness, poverty, fill in the blank of those we serve that you'd want to talk about. And really, there's not a great podcast out there tackling those topics and talking about things that would really affect that audience or those individuals.
2: I wanted to ask you guys, what were some of the things that you learned when you first started looking at the rescue mission that you might not have known without working here?
1: I mean, my, mine was more that I just had no idea about the topic of homelessness. I thought I did. You see a panhandler, you see people you know, wandering the streets, and you, you automatically put some titles or some um, misconceptions around them, and I I was as far from in the right area as I could have been. I lived in Indy for five-plus years, and being downtown Indy, you see it way more than even Fort Wayne, and I'd always, you know, give guys my leftovers after we'd go to a dinner or anything, but I, I had no idea, and even just my first month here was just a, a wrecking ball of, of learning, wow, I need to work on my – Misconceived notions and perceptions because they were off. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I, for me, you know, I've been a pastor for twenty plus years, and one of the things that I ran up against when I when I started is that I had more than a few books on my shelf that were referring to all the things that that I was now seeing and and smelling and 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 feeling uh, and experiencing on a daily basis and. You know, there's, I mean, there really is something about hearing from somebody's experience and experiencing it yourself. One of the things that I, that comes right to mind as I tell people, you know, uh, how my job is going or, or, you know, what it is I do is that I, it's all the stuff that I've been wanting to do as a pastor for 20 years and, and was not close enough to do, was not, inside the circle of where that activity is appropriate. Cause I think, you know, for a lot of us, um, we don't ever have to, to stop, uh, and, and face it. We don't have to help if we don't want to. We're at a crossroads between Washington and Jefferson and, and, uh, Lafayette and clay, and you can go North and South and East and West and not have to slow down. Occasionally you might, you might actually get a, a little bit, um, concerned if you're at the the stoplight here people run it uh, it's fine they'll just go straight through it there is a there's a lot of uh really um good testing of engines uh past our building a lot of fun noises yeah but if if you're there and you 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 lean to the side a little bit and you look at some of the community that we attract there are a lot of responses that somebody can have if they don't have to be in that situation uh it's another thing to come to work and make a choice to be in that situation yeah. i'll i'll say for for you and i who have worked uh a little bit of the front lines in the emergency um uh emergency services here that's working really directly with those people who are coming off the street it's it it, it doesn't take very long to reach your limit yeah. you know uh, uh compassion fatigue is a thing and 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 <laughs> i was just thinking about this earlier uh in relation to a lot of our staff ptsd is a thing yeah. uh not just with all of the people that we're working with but with with us there are times when you are going through uh something with somebody that is their worst time of their life yeah. and to to be with somebody if they are detoxing or or not detoxing at all but instead um you know overdosing if they are having a manic episode if they are having a financial crisis or uh, fill in the blank. Um, all of these things are things that we're working with every day, and it's really easy to to continue to show up every day and go to your station, go to your desk, do the task that's in front of you and, and not ever really process what's going on around you.
1: Well, and isn't there sometimes some shame around... If you're feeling fatigued or you're feeling burnt out, the audacity for you to feel that when the people that are coming in, you know, only have the clothes on their back. So for you to feel this burnt out feeling when you get to go home to a a family and a house and and food on the table, at times it's kind of this um, giving yourself the permission to feel that because we're all human and we all go through those emotions. And I think that was something that I was kind of in the backseat for. I saw it happen to other individuals here. Uh, I never got to that point because I was never on the front lines, but, but understanding that that happens and that's okay and it's acceptable, I think is a, is a big thing I saw happening here as well because we have a decent amount of turnover sometimes depending on the season we're in because it you're right. It can you, be just to trying. be clear
0: that turnover on, on staff, right? Yes. Yes, um, yeah, yes. Because
1: we have a ton of turnover
0: with our community, yes, but, uh, yes. but,
1: but yeah, it's a hard, it, this is not an, an easy job. No. And it's giving yourself the permission to have those feelings. Cause you have to come in and be mm-hmm. that, that person's rock, that person's right. steady, that their true North. And at times you need a true North and knowing that I think is really important, especially for that frontline staff. Yeah.
0: Well, it, I, do you mind if I take a little rabbit trail down the uh, the the pastor side of of let's, this whole thing? Let's,
2: let's take a little rabbit trail and just go on down the path, see and where it just, takes us.
0: Just, just it's nice that we have a way of knowing that we're off the. But I think, uh, as you know, my my position here at the rescue mission, the informal title that I've given it is pastor to the staff. So I make sure that. Uh, or try to at least make sure that the, the, the staff is cared for. For those people who are caring for or facilitating the care for a community, a vulnerable uh, population, want to make sure that those people, we have their backs. And to think about the theological underpinnings of all of this is the idea of um, in Romans, Romans 12, uh, where Paul gives a, a, a nice list of like, if you're going to follow Jesus— these are the things that, that you're going to do. And one of those, one of those things is, is the two-sided coin of, you know, rejoice with people who rejoice and, and, and weep with people who weep. And when you, when you begin to uh, understand that um, the community that we are serving here is not just the vulnerable population coming in off the street or from, uh, working poverty, but is the actual people in, in these offices, is the people who are trying their best to come up with the resources to, to keep this uh, ministry going. The ones who are making decisions on what we do about food, the ones who are making decisions on what kind of resources we are going to offer and what kind uh, we are not going to be able to offer and all of those things lead to you know just what what we were talking about Blake in terms of you want to do everything right there's not too many people who take a job at the rescue mission who don't want to help right it's kind of kind of kind of written into the whole fabric of what we do but when you can't fix everything that does something to to your insides a lot of people it happens under the surface so people don't even recognize that they might be feeling guilty people don't recognize uh, why they're extra irritated, or, or those types of things. So I, I think that that idea of wanting to offer encouragement is going to be a fundamental thing in this. This is not a gripe podcast. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> this is not a complaint about the other people uh, across the the way and what they are not doing.
2: Mm-hmm. But there are there are so many different stories here on a given day. If you pause and think about it, from the person sitting behind the front desk to the person working on the fourth floor to the guys that are coming off the streets. I, I told a lot of people when they would ask me what it was like to work on the front lines, like you, most of the people that you're meeting are having the worst day of their life. Like you are meeting somebody on the worst day of their life and, and they're looking to you for hope, for dignity, sometimes for encouragement, sometimes just because they need a place to sleep. But one thing that we wanted to share in this podcast of just of, to open to open eyes and bring awareness to what it is like to actually be at the rescue mission it's it's really easy to drive by and make assumptions about the guy that's sitting on the curb outside or if you're brave enough to drive through the parking lot to see the the crowd of people outside and make assumptions about them. But one thing that we want to do with this podcast is have some of the men, women, and children on that are receiving services so that they can share their story. We've got stories up on our YouTube channel and they're, they're all equally incredible and they're all equally different of where these people came from. There's people that came from different backgrounds. It's not just, Oh, this person was addicted to drugs and it made them homeless and now they're, they're all better. But, Staff that's, not, that's not how it
1: happens. That's
2: that's no. That's not that's not how it happens. Huh. And as as we progress and as we go through these episodes, we'll be processing through. You know what is what is the experience of being at the rescue mission? What is the experience of of working at the at the rescue mission? What is the experience of serving this population of people that that we serve? Because we want to bring awareness and knowledge of what it's like. And and we really think it, as we talk about these things, it'll impact people more than we think. One episode that we've got on the docket is how do you help panhandlers? Like, am I supposed to give this guy money? Am I supposed to give him food? Like, What am I supposed to do? And so that's, that's one thing we're going to talk about. We really want to make this a resource. We want to make this something that you can listen to and it adds, it adds value. So that as you're listening to the episode on how do you help a, a panhandler? Um, I remember talking with one of my neighbors and I thought, you know, one one of the best things that you can give them is a resource guide. We've got these resource guides that we pass out but let's say you're out driving, you don't have a resource guide on you. Hopefully, if you've listened to the podcast for a little bit, you've gained some some wisdom, some knowledge of of how you can how you can help these people. Matt, what do, what do you think about this from like a resource perspective for people that are listening to it? Yeah, I
0: think the what I always hope to do is you know not to keep ringing the bell, but but that weep with those who weep and rejoice with those. You can't do that unless you know somebody, or at least know something about somebody, you can't really care for somebody, unless you see their needs, unless you see them as a person. And it's so easy to be a billboard culture. It's so easy to be um, the bumper sticker slogans. And, you know, uh, the, we have a a four week uh, sermon series on loving the poor. And then when you're done with that, you move right on to how to be a healthy dad and mom, and you forget about it, right? And I think one of the things that we would really like to do is, is like to show how important we think actual people are, rather than a demographic or, or um, treating people as a need, right? It's really easy to see, and you're not even talking about that homeless person. You're not even talking about, um, you know, the poor in our city. You're talking about Joe, or or Eileen, or Chris, or whomever, uh, you're talking about the guy that, that you may have sat down with at dinner. You're talking about the guy who you just talked about um, life with. Uh, Our you, culture
1: does everything we can to hmm. dehumanize people. Yeah. And, and really, I think that's where, for me, too, homelessness was, when I started working here, was something that, yeah, you don't think of it as the individual, you think of it as a whole, and knowing that person is someone's son or possibly someone's father or grandfather or fill in the blank. Like it's easy to just kind of put up your wall because of the way society trains your mind to just forget things and ignore things and, and focus on different things. I think for me, this podcast is a chance to talk about topics, even yeah, the panhandling thing. No one has probably ever done a podcast. It's like, here are three things you can do for a panhandler. That doesn't mean people aren't interested in that or they wouldn't like the knowledge. They've just never cared enough to actually ask the question. So by by posing it out there and giving them that information, I think it's a tool and a resource that will allow those in the community to feel more empowered to approach these individuals that maybe previously to them were unapproachable or there was a stigma or fear there to approach them because of these preconceived notions.
0: Well, and 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 on top of that too, it's, it's not just us... You know, asking the question and saying, what do we think about this? Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that we do to, we try to be informed about this, mm-hmm. right? We're, when, when we do come to work, we're trying to figure out, well, really appropriately, what is, what is the way that Jesus would have done this? What is the way that Jesus did do this? Does it say something about how we should do it? How does that translate? And and what are the what are the things that have been tried at the rescue mission? What one hundred and fifteen years old, something like
1: that? One nineteen.
0: One nineteen. That that's a long time and generations worth of knowledge about uh, helping people. And we want to we really want to share that. And I think one of the things, at least in in thinking about the podcast initially, was um, we need to have a lot of these stories told. Right. We have a, a just a, a wide dearth of uh dearth. Dearth. That is yeah. a word. Good. Matt's word <laughs> of the day corner. <laughs> we we have this uh depth of of knowledge, of experience. I'm thinking of three or four people on staff right now who have been here for a while that we wanna we really wanna pick their brains and their hearts and their souls to say, what have you seen? What are the hard things? What, what, what did you try and fall on your face? And then, and then what do you want to try now? And, and, um, and how are we going after people? So it's not just, it's not just a matter of um, encouraging our people, but it's also a matter of like, let's, let's leverage the the experience and, and the, the legacy
1: and the generational knowledge that we have uh, and pass that on. I think it's back to awareness. I think a big thing we've struggled with, especially since I've been here uh, doing the marketing with the mission, is just people being aware of everything we're doing, from the programs we're offering to the resources that are available to those we serve. Um, and a big thing, it's actually a stat here that <laughs> Jay had pulled up, that last year the rescue mission served 1,787 residential overnight guests and 257,000 meals. That that just is a number that is a little staggering to me when you think of hundreds of thousands of meals being given out and to these individuals and each of those meals kind of like what you were saying went to a person went to a, a it's easy to see big numbers like that and forget that well one of those meals could have changed someone's life we always say you know hope begins with a meal here mm-hmm. and so that's 257,000 opportunities for hope in my mind and and just thinking of it in that perspective has always helped me Realize like, wow, there's there's a lot here that we could if our community knew or if they understood or if we just did a better job of bringing them alongside us, they would they would definitely get behind us. That's that's what I foresee this podcast as that that resource that really fills that gap that so many people just it's not a lack of desire. It's maybe just they didn't know now that they do, they're going to act upon it.
2: We are excited. We're excited for the conversations we're going to have, for the content that's going to come out of this, for the insight we'll get from guests. We just want to give another thank you to Sweetwater for sponsoring this podcast and for those that have tuned in to this demo and given us a listen. We appreciate your time. This has been the Rescue Mission Podcast.